heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You're flying high with Locked On Eagles, presented by LockedOnEagles.com. We are your daily source for the best Philadelphia Eagles news and analysis. I am your host, Michael Kist. You can follow my work at Inside the Pylon, Breaking Football, and Grandstand Sports Network. You can also follow me on Twitter at Michael J. Kist. That's K-I-S-T. As always, I am joined by the best co-host in the game, my own personal pontifex Maximus, Mr. Seven-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak of Bleeding Green Nation and NDT Scouting. Follow him on Twitter. Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, once again, I assume the streak is intact, but I want to know anyway, because you know I care. How you doing, brother? Do you really think on a day where the Eagles trounce the Cardinals in magnificent, marvelous fashion, and then the Cowboys lose to the Packers again in the last seconds, I'd be anything less than positively giddy, man. Oh, what a day. What a time to be alive. It was a beautiful day when the Eagles win and the Cowboys lose. And you have Aaron Rodgers with a minute left, and he goes 75 yards, and it doesn't even look like an issue. Cowboys got exposed. There was no doubt in my mind. I don't know about you. The Packers... in the last eight games against the Cowboys are seven and one. Uh, two of those games are in the postseason. Obviously, there's the the 26 to 21 victory in 2015, and then there was the the huge game winner last year, 34 31. The last time the Cowboys beat them in like November or December or January it was like 2009 or 2008 or something ridiculous. Like yeah. the Packers just own the Dallas Cowboys, and it makes me so happy. Not to mention, my bookie's sponsoring this episode, right? Because it's Monday. That's right. This episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you when you get paid. Use the promo code. Locked on. Yeah, and your boy played, and your boy won, and your boy's going to get paid because uh, <laughs> I took the money line on the underdog Packers, and they brought it home. So thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for the cheese. What's up? That's absolutely amazing. Look, the Eagles in the division, we are in the driver's seat at four and one. Washington is two and two. They were on a bye. The Cowboys are now two and three because you know <laughs> who called the regression, and the Giants are zero oh and five. Oh and my are, gosh really hurting at wide receiver. They had four of them go down today. Uh, yeah. I think it's a fracture for Odell Beckham, if I'm not mistaken. I will check it out right now. I'm pretty sure it's a similar injury to the one Darby had, actually. Yeah, fractured ankle for Odell. They'll have an MRI to see if there's any ligament damage. Obviously, if there's no ligament damage, you're not likely to see any sort of surgery, but you still have to imagine that's that's a multi-week injury for sure. I think it's time to blow that entire team up, but let's not concern ourselves with the peasants of the NFC East. Let's talk about the 34-7 to win, which you almost called, Ben. Oh, inches, dude. <laughs> you were very, very close. Look, it kind of went how we said it would. We went up 21 to nothing in the first quarter. There were touchdown strikes to Trey Burton, which was nice. There was one to Zach Ertz, who owned Tyvon Branch for the entirety of the game. And then there was the one, which if you go to LockedOnEagles.com, before the game, I dropped an article called Misconnections with Carson Wentz and Torrey Smith and said that now is not the time to panic on Torrey Smith. He is going to get a favorable matchup with Justin Bethel. Uh, I know, Ben, that you agreed with that when you wrote your article for Bleeding Green Nation, and he burned him, got him 
big time. So I, I, I was very impressed with the passing offense, the way we came out. We took shots. Uh, ben, how did you feel about the beginning of the game, the passing game overall? Yeah, I thought the uh, the sequence between passing game early, jumping out to a lead, and then running the ball down the throats to kind of end the game and, and finish it off was really impressive because that's the formula that you want to follow in today's NFL. We talk about achieving balance with the run game, which was absolutely achieved in this game. It's not to say that the Eagles were unbalanced, but in the in the first half, you could tell that they went pass heavy. You know, they had the opportunity to to really strike down the field. We got to talk about about Carson on third downs, man. Hit me with the stats, brother. Okay, so Carson, uh, he attempted 12 third down passes. He was 11 for 12 on those passes, nine conversions, three touchdowns for 220 some of his yards, <laughs> which was over 75% of his yardage total for the game. Yeah. Came on third down. Obviously had the, the longs of a 59-yard touchdown and a 72-yard touchdown and then a 16-yard touchdown or excuse me, an 11-yard touchdown as well. So those three plays were crazy. He also had a scramble that didn't go out. Either way, when the ball was in Carson's hand on third down, he converted 9 of 13 of those attempts. That is fantastic. That's near 80% third down conversion percentage. And it's not like he's facing third and two. Right. His average was th- was third and 8.6, yeah. which isn't good. And we should address that problem. But Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in third down in the NFL right now. And it's not a conversation. Yeah. It's not even close. At the very beginning of the game, he had a couple of third and 11 third down conversions to Ertz and Alshon, respectively. That set up the Burton touchdown. Yeah, he was excellent on third down. So that, that was amazing. And the way the defense started at the game, bumping on all cylinders, Jalen uh, got involved early and two out of the first three drives for the Cardinals were three and outs. They could never establish a run game, which we kind of anticipated. Chris Johnson, nine for 21 on the ground. JJ Nelson, one for 14. Ellington, negative two. Williams, negative two. Like Jernigan was disruptive. So was BG overall, especially in the first half. It was a dead. Uh, you, you forgot to mention the player that I think has been most impressive in the first quarter of the season. For the Eagles defense, give me a guess. Patrick Robinson. No, that's that's a very good uh, you know, potential candidate. But we've got to talk about Vinny Curry playing very good football. Oh, uh, yeah, he did play some good run defense. Yeah, we've past. got to talk about Vinny Curry, who's really started to figure out how to pick his spots. Because in the run game, he's always been just a gap shooter, right? I'm just going to try to make this tackle in the backfield. And I'm going to hope that it works, right? Not a lot of integrity. But he's really starting to pick his spots very well and, and, and do so with a lot of intention and a lot of success. He's rushing the passer extremely well. Uh, Derek Barnett isn't playing poorly, but he is not seeing significant playing time. He's not seeing significant snaps because Vinnie Curry is, is playing so well opposite Brandon Graham and Curry isn't the liability against the run that he once was. But yeah, this this defensive line was eating exactly how we expected them to eat against the, the Cardinals beat up O-line. You had linebackers. I thought Nigel Bradham had his best game so far this season. I'm a big Bradham fan. I thought Hicks. Jordan Hicks makes so many small little plays that just warm my heart. It's like, you know, third and 15 and they run a little swing pass and just Jordan Hicks like you know breaks through the blockers and does such a good job of just steering the guy to the this just like classic disciplined good linebacker play I was very impressed yeah and then you know your man P-Rob P-Rob was playing very well yeah he was excellent I thought and he had a couple of near picks like you said Curry he abused Watford on the on the fifth drive on second down and that pretty much ended mm-hmm. the drive the next drive they had another three and out you know ever since I started this podcast people have been asking me for advice and usually it's what team to bet on this week whether it's Steelers against against Patriots or Bears against the Lions. Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and they're
and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, it's just two business days. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go an absolute breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use promo code LOEagles, that's LOEagles, to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Three drives to start with Wisniewski at left guard. <laughs> you put you put Chance Warmack oh in. Oh my god. You go two drives without without anything you put whiz back in we start driving that ended with an interception Carson got a little too aggressive there at the Mm -hmm. end of the half we should have came away with some points but what happens then is that you let the Cardinals kind of look like they might get back into the game Mills kind of got worked in that uh, on that fourth drive by the Cardinals and John Brown ended up getting the touchdown there so it was 21-7 was it ever in doubt for you Ben because I still felt pretty comfortable but when we had those couple of drives stalled out on us and it looked like the Cardinals might be getting things going I was starting to get concerned because there's always the ageless wonder layer of Fitzgerald in the back of your mind, and they do have some burners that can hurt you deep. Uh, sure, but we've got an ageless wonder of our own. Malcolm Jenkins just won't stop. <laughs> yeah. He won't stop playing good football. It's amazing. I, I did not anticipate he would be as successful against Fitzgerald as he was, despite the fact that the last time they faced off, he was very successful. His his headiness, his competitiveness in the slot, you know, is so impressive and so valuable from a safety alignment. And they did a lot of three safety looks. It was very interesting. And I want to see the snap count percentage because it seemed as if early in the game, they had Rasul Douglas and Jalen Mills starting as the outside corners. And then it seemed as if they transitioned to a lot more three safety looks, getting Malcolm mm. Jenkins down at the line of scrimmage. You know, so so he could be in the slot over Larry Fitzgerald. And out of those three safety looks, they moved Patrick Robinson to the outside. Robinson usually playing in the slot, moved him mm-hmm. to the outside, and Douglas didn't see as many snaps on the outside. I'm, I'm very interested to hear what comes out in press conferences this week as to why that switch was made. Obviously, you're thinking it's to get Jenkins on, on Larry, and then, you know, you can move Patrick Robinson outside. He's playing very well. Did they not like the way Rasul was playing? Because I thought Rasul was, was doing just fine. What really brought about that sort of a defense? Defensive backfield shift because there's this big vote of confidence for Douglas before the game where they said, you know, Jalen Watkins is healthy, but Rasul's our starter. He's earned mm-hmm. that job. It seemed as if he was taken out of that position. If that's game script, if that's play, it'll be very interesting to figure out because the Eagles still have at least another week without Darby back in the lineup. Right, yeah. And look, then we start the second half. Aguilar rebounds from a drop on second down. On third down, he gets a big, another third and 11 conversion. We get the Elliott field goal after Wentz misses Ertz, who mm-hmm. just owned Branch again. He threw one in the dirt. I don't, I don't know if he thought he was going to sit down or what, but yeah. he just... he. Once choked up too far on it. So 24 to 7. Arizona's first drive in the second half. Brandon Graham had a tackle for lots on the fifth screen. That ended their drive. And then what happens next, man? Let me ask you a question, Ben. How high were you on Buda Baker, the safety for the Cardinals? Because I was pretty high. I was, uh, I actually caught a little bit of flack pre draft because while I was a Buda guy, I was not as high on Buda Baker as a lot of people kind of in in our circles and everything like that. I'm going to find my board right now. But that, I'm very interested and I want to go back over the first four weeks and maybe even 2016 and look at it because it seems to me like Carson took a lot more deep shots this week on routes that were coming across his face, that were coming across Mm -hmm. the field, right? Because if you think about it from the shoes of a quarterback, looking at a go route 
on the, along the sideline and looking at a post route or a deep over is a completely different experience, even if you're hitting the wide receiver 40, 50 yard down the field on both of them. You know, we see Carson Wentz overthrow a lot of go routes. We see him overthrow it deep. That Zach Ertz turnover, which we've got to talk about that turnover a little more. But yeah. we, we see him overthrow a lot of those just straight vertical down the field shots. Meanwhile, that Torrey Smith deep ball and that Nelson Aguilar deep ball were both deep over sort of looks. That Nelson Aguilar touchdown in week one was a deep over sort of look I think his eyes and his ability to place the football and this makes sense because it's an easier look in general his eyes lend him down the field towards throwing crosser routes it's easier to just kind of hang the ball out there on a crossing route and say all right wide receiver just go go get this go get under this that's an easier throw and I think that's where Carson's going to find the majority of his deep ball success this year and I want to see them manufacture more plays like that yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. okay so uh, did you find your big board because I actually found I found mine I had Buda Baker 12th overall third my third safety 13th overall oh yeah yeah 13th overall for buddha for me and let me let me go down my safety rankings and see i'm pretty sure yeah i had him third i had hassan reddick number 11 overall let's see oh you got me scrolling man i had hassan i didn't have hassan that high i know for that for a fact i had hassan 20th yeah so big draft crushes that we had for the cardinals guys and we pretty much owned both uh, dude nelson aguilar owning buddha baker hitting the unnecessary madden spin move and then oh that was so pretty I'm going to I'm going to lay off Nelson a little bit because I've been saying I don't buy that this is a comeback by him but the one that impressed me and we talked about this before what happens when when Nelson has a drop how does he rebound from that in this game he rebounded the very next play so that was an encouraging sign anything else of note that happened for the rest of the game because well obviously Blunt started to get going in the second half mm-hmm. it looked like we were saving him in the first half once we got a lead knowing that we were going to be leaning on him in the second half and he started to get going then how did you feel about that second half performance by Blunt yeah it seemed as if they wanted to tote the ball a little bit more with Wentz and with or excuse me not with Wentz with Corey Clement and Kenyon Barner in the first half which I think gives gives you a little bit more and and we know how much Doug values this I think it gives you a little bit more unpredictable predictability in your play call I think with Blunt in there you know it's kind of a little bit of a gimme what's going to happen with him he's either going to run the ball which is most of the time or he might stay in and pass protect you know even on Blunt's catches like the one against Los Angeles last week he wasn't supposed to actually be catching the football right it was (laughs) it was a uh, it was just kind of a broken a broken play and then you yeah you so you're wondering why isn't Blunt getting the touches that that you know he's warranted with his performance and then that last drive man 13 plays 58 yards i believe it was yeah 13 plays 58 yards nine minutes and 14 seconds beautiful which okay yeah the game was seven to 31 at this point but that's what we want to do exactly that's that's how we want to close games that's that's exactly what we want to do and it's something we haven't seen from this philadelphia team yet and it's something we saw from them and that's so incredibly valuable there's so many pieces you can take from this arizona game that finish the sentence good playoff football teams do blank right good playoff football teams take the life out of their opponents early in the first quarter. Good playoff football teams play unrelenting defense for four quarters. Good playoff football teams dominate at home. Good playoff football teams run the ball to finish out the fourth quarter. Just checking boxes for Philly. Good playoff football teams shut down Larry Fitzgerald, Mm -hmm. which we have not done before. So that's always a plus and big props to the defense for doing that. Okay, any other special shout outs here you want to give to any of the performances? Let me drop this stat on you real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Nelson Nelson Aguilar's most career yardage in a game up to this game was like 64 or something, right? Mm -hmm. 72-yard touchdown catch. Beat it all in one play. (laughs) 
I love it. Okay, so uh, Carson Wentz is in rarefied air. He joined mm-hmm. Tom Brady as the only NFL QB to throw for three touchdowns in the first quarter of a game this season. In 2016, Carson had one touchdown and six interceptions. This season, I'm pretty sure coming into the game, it was he had four touchdowns and no interceptions mm-hmm. in the first quarter. That might be. I might have seen that stat, stat mid-game. So... Let's put it this way. No interceptions in the first quarter and probably like six touchdowns in the first quarter of games this season. That speaks to Doug Peterson's play scripting, in my opinion, of anything else. And we got to give Doug loads of credit because it's fun to bash Doug for his in-game decisions and his play calling and his time management. Sure. Doug Peterson's opening scripts this year, and we know Andy is very strong at this, have been fantastic. Really, and, and you don't convert on two third and 11s and then a third down in the red zone on your first two drives without having fantastic third down and right. red zone plays dialed up for the defense you're going to face. I mean, come on. That's A-plus coaching. If he can just be able to do that a little better on the fly later in games, that, yeah. that's what we need. Here's what I want to talk with you about, though. 4-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. Only mm-hmm. lost to the 5-0 and o Kansas City Chiefs. I'll tell you right now, the biggest game of their season up to date is coming up on Thursday against the Panthers. Four and one Panthers, Absolutely. right? Huge game, going to be crazy. Red hot Panthers. Keeping an eye on Lane Johnson, who had to leave with a head injury, and he probably can't get through the concussion protocol for Thursday, which means it's likely Halupolavati Vaitai, which is a big, big topic. But what I want to, what I want to talk about is this. You had, you had a closer game with Washington than I think it should have been, than it looked like. A way closer game with the Giants than it should have been, and how really the game went for most of it, right? And then even Los Angeles got back into it a little bit late. Los Angeles doesn't so much apply here, simply because Wentz didn't turn the ball over there. But if you look at the first five games, this is an Eagles team that only loses or only gives up ground if they're shooting themselves in the foot. And specifically, it's with Carson Wentz turnovers, in the sense that that Kansas City game is an incredibly competitive anybody's game until Carson Wentz drinks a ball off Justin Houston's helmet. And then Kansas City gets into a dominant score position, game script position in the fourth quarter, and runs away with it. There's no way that the Giants are getting back into that game unless Zacharitz fumbles the football at the 30-yard line, right? Mm -hmm. Carson will always be a little bit more of a turnover-prone quarterback, but we're really, we're clearly arriving at the place where if the Eagles stay in the positive turnover differential, if, if they protect the football on offense, they're not being, they're not losing. They're not being stopped. This defense is good enough and this offense is potent enough that they are staying competitive with the only undefeated and unquestionably best team in the NFL right now. This On the road. Right. And so you've got a young quarterback and a young head coach, some new offensive weapons, and you've got some injuries in the offensive weapons as well. All of that is scary and it's tough to overcome that adversity, especially deep in the playoffs. But the thing that encourages me the most about this Philadelphia Eagles team is that we have not seen them put their best game out yet and get beat or lose for a couple quarters or or struggle. When they play their best, they're playing their best. Chiefs, maybe Atlanta. I think that's about it as far as teams I'm putting out there who are playing as well as Philadelphia is right now. You've probably got the Panthers behind that a little bit. Right. You have Green Bay behind that a little bit. And maybe you can make a conversation for the Broncos. In my opinion, that's about it. But of those five teams I just listed, there's not a single one of them, in my opinion, 
that has as much room to get better as Philadelphia does. Oh, and they absolutely do. Yeah. Young team. We're putting things together. We've got, we're getting guys back from injury. We don't have the early buy like you, like we did last year, as you pointed out on the last show. I think this team has an opportunity. Not only are they starting to believe in themselves, they're winning some close games that we would have lost last year for sure. And we're competing with teams that have a talent level that I believe is a good degree higher than us. Just on an overall, when you look at things overall, we have to put like band-aids on a bunch of stuff, especially in the secondary and then in the running game before it got going there as well. Now that we have this running game going, I think that helps us manage the game so much better. Carson Wentz throwing 30 passes today for 304 yards and four touchdowns is absolutely amazing. I would rather take 200 yards on 30 passes than 300 yards on like 49 passes. Do you see what I'm saying? No, I got you. From Peterson is so much more balanced now. Blunt is turning up. We're getting contributions from guys like Kenyon Barter, who we got off the street. That punt return, man. Yeah, and and who is contributing in the special teams game as well. So we won in all three phases today, and I think we can compete with anybody. And I think this team really believes that. So I'm 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 really excited, man. And we are in the driver's seat of the NFC East. We are going to take this freaking thing, Ben. Ben. Do you have anything else for the gentle listeners? You might want to let them know what we have on tap for them tomorrow. I will. And then after it, I'm going to give you a question that I posted to Twitter that you don't know. It's going to come out of nowhere. But this upcoming week is a fun one because we got the Thursday night game, so the schedule's a little flippy-floppy. Tuesday, we'll do our usual. We record after Monday night football. We kind of talk it through what we saw from the rest of the NFL. Obviously, some more storylines develop on Mondays today for Philadelphia as, you know, people talk and, and, and reporters pick up things and the coaches go through conferences. So we'll be able to comment on all of those as well. Wednesday is the crossover day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And so Bill Riquette or Reset or something, and we'll figure that out on Wednesday, of Locked On Panthers is coming by. He's a great analyst. Really excited to have Bill on. So we'll talk about that. Thursday's the preview show this week. Getting ready for Thursday Night Football. And Friday will be the recap show. What that does, that gives us a lot of space to bring in some cool guests and do some interesting pods next week so make sure you're keeping it locked on here on locked on eagles but before we go mike (laughs) most improved sophomore player jared goff or carson wentz or you can give me a different name if you want i'm gonna go with carson i i I don't make any bones about him not playing very well after the initial three game stretch even four games because he played well against the lions it was just that ryan matthews fumble that really screwed us over Mm -hmm. i think goff has been impressive look they're they're Man, that it, it is kind of tough though because Goff has played well this season. Right, it's so, most improved, not better. Because Wentz is better. Period. Most right, improved. Right. Yo, you know what? With most improved, Goff's rookie season was historically terrible. Mm. And, and while Wentz wasn't fantastic all season, he showed more flashes in the first three games than Goff showed in all sixteen games combined. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I'll go with most improved. It was Goff. Now, why do you ask that question? I'm assuming you've got something to follow up with that. I just realized that we've got two very improved sophomore quarterbacks who are really leading their teams right now. Rams are three and two, beat Dallas. I don't know if you heard Dallas has lost the past two weeks in a row, Mike. And we got yep. Carson four and one <laughs> leading the NFC East. Oh, ahead of Dallas, who's two and three, by the way. They've lost the past yep. two weeks. And so I just wanted to see, you know, kind of what the good people of Twitter thought. Obviously get your esteemed opinion as well. But it's yeah. it's it's interesting 
you know, we talk a lot about Wentz and Dak, but Wentz and Goff could very easily become a storyline as well, you know, looking decades down the road. This is a quarterback class other than Dak that everyone wanted to separate themselves from as far as they could, including morons like hot Kyan Fahey. And, uh, <laughs> That's not even QB. a... <laughs> Kian. Kian Fahey. <laughs> Kian Fahey. I don't, I don't care, man. I really don't care. That dunce can get it in the neck with this with these Wentz stats and these Goff stats. You shouldn't judge rookie quarterbacks after one year. They're both been very very good players this year once has been absolutely spectacular and looks in total command of that offense he is our personal pontificus maximus and look this is going to be a fun season with carson wentz to watch this quarterback grow and to enjoy that ride with me and ben you're going to have to keep it locked on here on locked on eagles fly eagles fly this episode of locked on eagles was brought to you by mybookie.ag you play you win you get paid. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.